Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to continue my series on rookies out in the field. And in this one, I'm going to go over referring workout that you're not able to do. What's the best way to refer workout to another company? And what's the best way to inform the customer, build the customer? And I'll cover all these for you in today's podcast. Pool Service Pro. Open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Like with anything, when you're doing something for the first time, it's always best to have someone there to teach you how to do it. I remember when I wanted to give my Nissan Frontier a tune-up, and I was going to change the spark plugs. It seemed like a pretty easy thing to do, and I'm fairly handy with the vehicle. I've done an alternator, a starter. I've done you know, the, my own oil changes. I've even done the tire rotations on there. Not sure why I was doing all this. I could have just taken it to the mechanic. I was just kind of bored, I guess, back when I first got my truck. But I wanted to do a tune-up at 80,000 miles, and there's six spark plugs, of course, because it's a V6. But one of the spark plugs is underneath like this manifold, and you have to take everything apart. It's like a four-hour job to get the one spark plug. I knew I couldn't do it myself, so I had someone help me with that, and we took everything apart. It was actually my dad. He actually built a whole engine, put a whole, whole new engine in his car before. And so we took it apart step-by-step step, looking at photos. It was very daunting, and there's no way I could have done it myself. There's like little details that I didn't know what I was doing. And I use this as an example because it's a pretty big project, and it you know I've done smaller car projects. The same goes with the pool industry. It's not really rocket science replacing a pump, replacing a motor, putting in a filter, putting in a heater even. The other stuff like automation becomes more difficult. There's compatibility issues sometimes. But the other stuff is not super hard. But there are complications, of course, especially when you're replumbing something. You know, sometimes you have a tight equipment pad and you can't get somewhere or put something the way you want to. These are all things that you learn. And it's always, always better to have someone show you how to do these things than learning on the fly. Like I had to do, I learned everything just by doing it. There was not a lot of training back when I first started, back in 1988. And you just kind of did things. I took my first motor off the back of a pump. There's no videos. There's no photos. There was internet was very limited. I just kind of had to figure it out myself. And you know, again, it's not super complicated, but there was no help when I was doing any of this stuff. So my advice, if you're learning how to do this stuff, is to find a repair person in your area that you can refer work out to, and then kind of ask him if you can just see what he how he does it and tag along with him or show up at the job site when he's there. This is kind of one of the things where most of them won't mind you doing this. You know, I know that the two people that I use don't mind when, you know, I refer them out to pool tech and they, they come by and watch them do it because they know they want to learn it. So what's the best way or how do you go about finding a repair person in your area? 
Or if you have a network of other pool pros that you're developing, you can ask them, hey, who do you use to install your salt systems or what company do you use when you have have a filter put in, you don't have time to get to it, and they should be able to refer you to somebody. It's always better if that person just does repairs only because then you kind of avoid the problem of worrying about them taking your account. This doesn't happen very often, but sometimes they could say something offhand that makes the customer question your ability, and you know, in- inevitably you're going to maybe lose that account to either them or someone else. So it's always better if they're just a pure repair person not looking to get accounts. And I would say that there are plenty of those out in my area. I deal with one personally, and I, I think it's the best way to do it because then they're able to get to the repair without having to worry about squeezing you in with their current pool route and managing and juggling. So it's always better to have a dedicated repair company go out there and do that for you. If you live in an area where there's a Leslie's Pool Supply, they do installs. They don't do local or weekly pool service, I should say. They do installs, and so you can refer something to Leslie's Pool Supply, and they'll send their installer out there to put that in there. So that's the good thing about Leslie's is they don't do weekly pool service, so there's no fear of them you know, stealing your account because they just don't do that kind of service. When you go to a small mom-and-pop pool store, they typically do pool service. So, you know, again, there's like a caution there that they may want to take your account if it's a nice-looking pool. And so it does happen, so that's why I'm saying it. I'm not saying it never happens. It does happen, and you just have to be aware of that one drawback when you refer work out to a pool service repairman company that does pool service also. Here's another example of doing something yourself and making a mistake. So I have a member in Texas that wanted to put a pool heater in. He didn't ask me any advice at this time. So he saw that there was a pool heater that was really inexpensive. It was a 120 BTU heater. And he put this in a 15, I think it was a 20,000 gallon pool, if I'm not mistaken. And he didn't realize that, you know, a 100 BTU heater is going to take like three days to heat that pool up. He installed it. The customer's like, hey, my pool's not heating up. Then he finally messaged me and said, hey, I put a heater in and it's, you know, 125 BTU and it seems like it's not heating right. So I explained to him that the BTU rating actually kind of equates to the speed of heating. Typically, for a pool that size, you would put a 400 BTU heater in. If the pool's at 70 and you want to get to 80, it should take, you know, maybe eight hours to heat up. If you had a 250 BTU heater, it would take 16 or 20 hours. If you had the 100 BTU heater that he put in, it would take like two days to heat that pool up because he put the wrong size heater in. It was a big mess. He had to cut it out. He had to try to return it, which he couldn't. So he kind of kept it for a small spa, but I don't know if he ever actually used that heater. So if he had simply referred that job out to a company that does this all the time, they would never have put in a 125 BTU heater and it would have saved them a lot of headache and going back and you know, explain to the customer. And, you know, this is one thing that you don't want to do. The best way to refer the workout, here's how I refer the workout. I'll call the person I'm referring the workout to, explain in detail what I need done, ask for a price, and then I'll quote the customer that price. Now, there's a few things you can do here at this point. You can add a markup so that you get a little bit of money also for the job. And on occasion, I'll do this so that I'll get a little bit for the referral. You can also ask for a referral fee from the installer. But a lot of times, I'll just get a little bit of a markup when I quote the customer. 
and then I will take care of the billing for the installer. Now, if you do do this method where, let's say, you know, he's quoting you uh, $500 for a pump install, and then you tell the customer that it's going to be, you know, $600 for that, and that they're fine with that, and you have them install the pump. But if there's a problem, and since you build the customer, then you have to deal with all the ramifications of that. Let's say it starts to leak, and then, you know, the plumbing starts to leak around the pump, and you have to deal with the repair person and the customer. If you just have the person doing the repairs build them separately, then you don't have to really worry about that because they're dealing with the repair company now and he'll come out there and fix it. And, you know, so there's different ways of doing it, different ways of looking at the, you know, who's holding the bag kind of thing. So if you build a customer, then you're holding the bag. If he builds a customer, he's holding the bag. And this, you know, it's dependent, I think, on the size of the install so the kind of way I do it, and I used to not really like billing the customers that much because of this issue, but there really isn't a lot of problems if you have the right installer. I realize that now that with the right person doing it, you're not going to get a lot of callbacks from the customer saying, hey, this isn't working right. So what I do is a combination of both of these. If he's putting a heater in, I will definitely have him directly contact the customer and deal with all that because, you know, it's a $5,000 job, a lot of cases, and you don't want to have to mess with anything that goes wrong in that case. But if it's something like a motor install or pump install, I'll bill the customer and then I'll pay the repair person myself with a little bit of a markup for myself. So I make a little bit of profit on the referral. I don't bother getting any kind of referral fee from the installer. I just tack on a little bit on the customer's end which a lot of people do, and it's perfectly fine. It's just it's typical business to do that. Everyone wants to get their cut of the pie. And then if there's any problem, I'll deal with it with the customer. The bigger repairs, you know, if they do a whole equipment pad, I definitely let them take care of the billing because then what's going to happen is if you're billing the customer for, you know, $10,000 worth of, of merchandise, then that means that you're going to be out money why the whole process is happening. And a lot of people don't have that kind of budget where they can be out that amount of money, why the installer does the work, and eventually you get paid and then you pay them. So to me, smaller jobs, yes, you take care of the billing of the customer. And then the bigger jobs, let that company deal directly with the customer. It's perfectly fine. So how do you let the customer know that you're referring work out to somebody and how do you explain it? I think the best way to explain it is that you just let the customer know, honestly, you just don't do this kind of work at this point. You're busy with your pool route. You're busy doing other things. And so you use this person all the time so that it's faster. They'll get to it right away. They're licensed. They're professionals. And you like using this particular company for that reason. And the customer will appreciate that. They're not going to be like, well, I, I want you to do it. I don't want someone else to do it. When you explain to them that this person will be there the next day, they'll take care of it, and they've done installs, they do installs for a living, you're not going to get any pushback, I don't think. I've never had any pushback from that. And then you, of course, want to describe the company, and you want to make sure the company shows up on time on, on the day they requested or they told you they're going to be there. This is important for your reputation as well because I've referred someone out to a job before. They don't show up. Customers waiting for them. They don't get there till the next day. They show up unexpectedly back there. So I like to prep my repair people to say, hey, you know, make sure, and my guy knows this already, 
that when you go out there that you go the, within that time frame you, you told me and on that day because the customer doesn't know who you are and, you know, in this day and age, I don't want any strangers back there. Supposedly, you know, anything could happen at that point. So they're really cognizant of getting there on time and when they say they're going to be there. So if the repair person tells you, hey, I'm going to be there on Tuesday between 12 and 3, then make sure that they do get there Tuesday between 12 and 3. Just explain your business model to the to the repair person, letting him know that, you know, the customer wants reliable service and you provide that in your business and you definitely want to project that when you hire somebody and send them out there and they'll understand that and they'll understand that they should be there or they're going to text you and say, Hey, I'm a little running a little late. It's going to be another hour or I can't make it that day. Can you let the customer know? So that's important. The other thing you want to do is describe the vehicle the person's coming in. So verify with the repair person that they're driving their regular truck. You should be familiar with it. You should have met him, you know, what the vehicle looks like. And you can say, yeah, he comes in a, you know, a Ford Ranger or he has this particular van. And to describe the person, you know, he's five foot eight, you know, middle aged. He's got black hair, you know, whatever, however you want to describe that repair person. And of course, tell them the company because he may be wearing a company shirt. And you just want to cover all your bases. Just put yourself in their shoes. You know, let's say that you have a regular air conditioner person you deal with, but he's going to send over someone else who's more of a specialist. You would want him to describe that person to you in detail, you know, the company, the person's background. And the same thing goes for you when you're referring work out to one of your clients. You want to be as transparent as possible so that there's no hard feelings or nothing happens or no, no ruffled feathers. Now, what happens sometimes is when the repair person gets there, there's another problem that you have to fix also. And this is something that can make the customer a little anxious because you're sending someone there, they don't know who it is, and now they're saying there's a secondary problem. Just explain to the customer that this happens sometimes. It's not typical, but sometimes you'll send your person out there and they'll find a secondary problem that needs to be fixed. And of course, get the details of that problem from your repair person that you sent out there so you can explain it correctly and the customer can understand that this needs to be fixed also. And so these are things that you have to be clear about. And I think it's really important. Again, communication is number one because now you're kind of triangulating things. You have three people, you have the customer, you have the repair company referring out to, and you have yourself and you have to coordinate all this. It sounds like a big hassle, but it's really not. I'm just giving you situations that you might run into. Typically, what you're going to do is call your repair person, send them out there. They're going to tell you what time they're going to be there. They get there, they do the repair, and then you build a customer, and then you pay the repair person. I usually sell them the money right away. People like to get paid right away, and the more you pay the repair person fast and quick, They're going to want to help you and do repairs for you fast and quick also. I found that to be true. If you take, you know, two or three days to pay that person, they're not going to be too keen on coming back and doing work for you. So give them that instant payment once they finish the work, build a customer, and then, you know, it's pretty easy at that point. Refer things out that you can't get to or don't know how to do. I think that's the important takeaway here. Don't try to do something on your own because you may mess things up and get in over your head. So just build that network, find a local repair person, refer the work out, and just make it clear to your customer that your business model is that you service their pool, you manage their equipment to make sure everything's working. When something goes wrong, you're going to refer that out to someone you work with that does repairs for your pool route. 
it is perfectly acceptable. I've never had a customer say, no, I don't want you to do that. You know, I'll find my own repair person. That's just not going to be the case, especially if you establish a good relationship with the customer and you have a good relationship with the repair company you're dealing with. You're going to have nothing but good things happen. And if you find a repair person you don't like too much, you know, they don't show up on time, they're not doing a good job, then find somebody else. Don't give up on referring stuff out. And don't let the customer try to find their own repair company. That's probably the worst thing you can do. They'll get someone in their backyard that you don't know, and then invariably they're going to try to take the account. There was one situation where the customer called the repair person out there, and they told the customer, yeah, your pool guy doesn't know what he's doing. There's definitely clear algae in the pool. I see it everywhere. And it was like ridiculous. There's There was no algae, but he said it was a clear algae, whatever that is, trying to get the account. So definitely you don't want that situation where the customer calls another company out there. You should be the one making that call to refer the work out. Looking for other podcasts I recorded, you can find them on my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon, and there'll be a drop-down menu with over 1,200 podcasts that you can listen to. If you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick. If you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash poolguy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash poolguy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.